0: You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. Tonight, we're going to talk code, and we're going to talk about Article 422, dealing with appliances. Now, specifically for this episode... We're going to talk about the GFCI requirements because we've all been talking about what's taking place in 210.8, A for dwellings and B for other than dwellings, but there's not a lot of talk about what's happening up here in 422.5, and so that's what we want to talk about. Now, granted, there was the changes in 210.8, it's now, and we're talking 2020 edition now, that's going to push us to this area of the code, and that is 210.8 eight d which is specific appliances. Now, that's going to push us up here uh, for this GFCI requirements as well for specific types of appliances, but there's not a lot of talk about the actual 4.22.5. Now, of course, I serve on code making panel 17, and I hopefully will serve on that for the next cycle as well for the 2023, and it's... GFCI requirements for specific appliances that are listed here, obviously 422 being about appliances, so it's more germane to be here. One of the changes that took place in 210.8 that you're probably familiar with is the dishwasher requirement, which used to apply just to dwelling units, got moved up here to 422.5. Of course, now it's not just about dwelling dishwashers. So again, I don't want to spoil the beans but that's what we're talking about in this episode. We're going, to, we're going to talk about 422.5 and appliances. And I'll give you a little insight about some things that might be coming down the road. They're obviously not going to make it to the code yet. They are what's called public inputs. I have on a good, reliable source that these are going to be introduced to the code panels. Uh, and so I'll kind of have an idea of what they might be like to kind of prepare you for them. But other than that, let's talk about, well, I want to, you know, I want to spoil the surprise on that, but let's talk about what's going to be in the 2020 edition of 422.5 dealing with GFCI for specific appliances. So that's kind of what our topic is today. Okay. So we'll kind of look a little bit at the 2017 and obviously relate it to what's changed in the 2020. I want to make sure we do cover that so you can understand how it did change. But we are focusing really on explaining the application of 422.5. Now, 422.5 is broken up into a Part A and a Part B, and that was that's nothing new. That's the way it kind of was in the 2017 code. That's not new. So, what there is some change in some of the language. For example. Let's kind of start out with the charging statement. When we say charging statement, we just mean the actual body or the general information or the, the the general information that's provided us in the main body of the section, which in this case is five. And what it says is, in the 2017 code, this is what it read. It read, and this is the general. It said, appliances identified in 422.5 A1 through 5, rated 250 volts or less, and 60 amperes or less, single or three phase, shall be provided with GFCI protection for personnel. Multiple GFCI protection shall be permitted, but not uh, not be required. That means you could have a GFCI receptacle in one spot, and then have downstream have another GFCI receptacle. That's okay, not required. You could have a breaker GFCI and a uh, and a receptacle GFCI on the same circuit. It's Okay, it's permitted to do that, probably inconvenient for some people when one trips and you can't find the other, but it's okay. It's not going to cause any problems. Not they, They're designed to function. Again, we're looking for leakage current when it comes to GFCI. So if there's no leakage current, that shouldn't be a problem, right? Okay, so that's what it's stated for the 2017. So a slight change in the 2020 edition. It says appliances identified in 422.5A1 through a 7 Okay, so we had an increase of two additional items here that were increased uh, for the 2020 edition. And notice it'll say now instead of saying 250 volts or less, which obviously is is talking about the circuit, it's now talking about, it says rated 150 volts or less to ground and 60 amperes or less. And previously it was 250 volts or less. and, And so again, uh, to harmonize with what's being done in 210.8 uh, when we say 150 volts or less to ground, we're basically talking about 250 volt circuits uh, to you know where one of the legs to ground is going to be uh, 120 or if it's a 208 one of the legs to ground would be uh, 120. you you, see, you get what I'm saying so again, it was just kind of harmonizing the language, uh, making it, Uh, very clear how it applies, and it's very much just like we do it in 210.8. And again, keeping things pretty consistent, it's going to be easier for people to understand the code. Now, the other language in here, it just kept saying GFCI protection, uh, but it made it really clear that we were talking about a class A GFCI, which is what we typically refer to as a 5 milliamps nominal. It's for personal protection. Okay, so that is what we're dealing with, so it felt necessary for us as a code panel to add the the phrase Class A, because that's the one that's designed for personal protection, okay? You have other type, you have Class B, uh, and it typically be anywhere from uh, 20 to 30 milliamps or higher. It's not really for personal protection. It's more for equipment type of protection, Um, so it's not so much protecting you and me. So, this is very much driven to protect you and me as our, as we interact with these various appliances. Okay? So that's kind of the, a change in as far as the, the body of it. And so I'll read it on uh, a little further. Now, so we have in the 2017 code, there was five things here. And it was dramatically changed because we had some new information in type B, which is basically uh where the, the GFCI is to be located. But the general rule was it's now we're gonna give you this this list of, of things. And in the twenty seventeen we had five items. Uh and that was for example uh automobile vacuum machines uh provided for public use. Okay. And of course <laughs> what's interesting about that is we didn't care about the people in the building that was non public or the employees. We only care about the public. I get you. Um at that time anyway. Uh, Number two, drinking water coolers. Uh, Three was high-pressure spray wash machines, cord and plug connected. Okay. Uh, And then four was tire inflation machines provided for the public. Probably, again, we don't seem, they didn't seem to care. I guess we didn't seem to care about the, uh, or whoever submitted it, didn't really care too much about the employees. They should know better, I guess. And, uh and then, in the course of course, I'm just being, you know, flip it right there. Just, you know, don't get offended. And then number five was vending machines. Of course, we lost the definition of what a vending machine is. So we now have to just refer to the standards that deal with vending machines to get a true understanding of what a vending machine is. But in a layman's terms, you put something in, you get something out. Okay, you put money in, you get something out. Put something in, a card in, you get something out. That's kind of the, the nature of a vending machine. So for some people, a slot machine at a casino might be considered a vending machine, but for the vast majority and how the definition of a vending machine goes, most of the time you put something in, you don't get anything out, okay? So again, just kind of a perspective thing. Now, in the 2020 edition, you saw the there's some slight changes here, and this is interesting because... Um, you see the little triangle. If you're following along in the in the code book, you'll see a triangle which lets you know that there's some verbiage changes uh, that are, that have taken place. And so there there definitely is. And now there's seven items here. Now the first one, uh, they got rid of the term for public use. It just says automotive automo- automotive vacuum machines. So it doesn't matter now whether it's public use, private use, whatever. Uh, automotive vacuum machines. Um, Drinking water coolers and bottle fill stations. Uh, Very common. The gym that I used to work out at uh, had water coolers, but right beside it, connected to it, was a bottle fill station. And there was no rules for the bottle fill station, but there was for the uh, drinking water cooler. Okay. So again, just kind of adding that in and expanding that. So that's what you got expanded in the 2020. Number three was cord and plug connected high pressure spray washing machines. And again, these were uh it's kind of to me it just looks like it was kind of flipped around a little bit. Nothing significant changed to me in this one. It just kind of flipped it or flipped it around a little bit to to, to mean what it's supposed to mean and, and there you go. Uh tire inflation machines changed. They got rid of the for public use, so it's again very broad for employees and public access. It's gonna apply. Vending machines didn't change. Uh, but now they added two more, and this was sump pumps and dishwashers. Now, if the sump pump was already to be located in the crawl space or it was already located in a basement, and if it was in the unfinished portion, then it would have already been required. There was no exception to that rule. It would have been, you know, GFCI protected. Um but it was added to the list to make it very clear that, uh, again, we're worried about life. We're not worried about the, the, the what gets damaged in a flood. Life will move on. Uh, but you could be electrocuted in the same scenario, and that would be a problem. Or if you're not electrocuted, you could be shocked to the point where you lose all control, and then you end up drowning. So sump pumps is here. There and it's not to misconstrue that it was a never a requirement. If the receptacle was in a location previously in two hundred and ten point eight that requires that protection, then guess what? Then it required that protection. So here it's just adding it to the list of specific appliances. So there's no no question about it. Okay. And uh, the next one is uh, dishwashers. Now this was the one that was removed uh, or relocated from two hundred and ten. Uh, and it's been moved over to 422.5. Now, the interesting thing is when it was before it was located, then it would have applied only to dwelling dishwashers. Now, of course, it applies across the board. So commercial, uh, if you've got a dishwasher, wherever it may be now, um, it's going to have to be a GFCI protected. Now, interesting thing that I will just kind of throw out at you, and this will cover both 210 and 422, um, is that People are circulating expanding GFCI to uh, any fixed uh, appliance that is within six feet of a sink. And so you're going to look at some potential changes in 210, and they want literally any appliance that is fixed uh, that would be, again, within uh, six feet of a sink, for example, to be GFCI protected instead of it being directly tied to the receptacle itself. So typically 210.8a is dealing with the receptacle. So in order to uh, facilitate that, it's going to have to be a little bit of a change in the structure and hierarchy of how they do it. But that's some of the things that are being introduced. Um, Something else that's, that's looking to be introduced that you need to be aware of is you remember in... Uh, to 10.8 for outdoor outlets, which, again, we weren't talking just about receptacles. You know, we're talking any outlet, like maybe an HVAC unit outside or an AC unit. Um, that's an outdoor outlet that supplies to the actual unit uh, requiring the, the GFCI protection in the 2020. Well, they're looking to expand that to other areas. Um, and even though, for example, one of the areas is they're going to be proposing is like boathouses, houses. Um, well, interesting about that is that boathouses are covered in 210.8A, but that's only for the receptacles. This is going to be targeting the outlet itself. So this could be uh, 240 volt point um, or whatever where you pull power from it, you know. So that's going to expand as well. So look for that to be coming down the pike. The one, again, is the, probably the one that's going to be most uh, problemsome for people is any appliance. So currently, just use an example, if I have a garbage disposer and it's a cord and plug and the receptacle is within six feet uh, from the top inside edge of a sink, then of course it's going to be GFCI protected now under the 2020. Uh, With the 2023, um, it's any appliance. So now, even if you hardwired that uh, garbage disposal, that it's going to be required to be GFCI protected. Now again, that's not 2020. That is some of the things that I'm telling you that is circulating uh, as public inputs that I'm hearing about that are going into the 2023, so we're going to be very actively watching this in Code Panel 17, and because I just want to make sure that it makes sense from my perspective, it's not just a a money grab, and it really has validity to it, and all those type of things. So. All of that type of stuff is, is you might see coming down the pike as well. Okay, so anyway, back to our topic. So that's 422. We are now covering again automotive vacuum machines, drinking water coolers, and bottle fill stations, cord and plug connected high pressure spray washing machines. Doesn't matter whether it's public or private. Um, tire inflation machines, doesn't matter if it's public or private. Um, Vending machines and now sump pumps in general, very broad. And dishwashers, very broad, not just residential. Now it's residential, commercial, industrial, wherever you have a dishwasher, uh, it's going to have the GFCI protection, okay? So that's the kind of the change, if you will, mixed in with just the normal code information for the 2020 edition. And I gave you some insight on some public inputs that are probably coming down the road that you need to be aware of. And so you need to be very, you know, understanding about that. And of course, you have the opportunity to comment on them once it gets submitted to the code panel and the code panel looks at it and they accept it then there'll be what's called a first draft and you need as a public to be ready to give opposition or support or whatever you want to do most of the time you don't say anything unless you've got opposition but don't just say you don't agree with it be sure that you can substantiate it be sure you you ask the right questions where are the bodies? Where is the data? Or was the subst- substantiation worthy? Because if it wasn't worthy, you need to say that. okay, and, and let the code panels hear your concerns. Again, we're working for you on these code panels. We we Our job is to take your public inputs and see whether they're necessary changes and whether it enhances the code or not. So when we put that out as a first draft, it's up to you to read it and be aware of it so that you can voice your opinion, it's all about being able to give your opinion. This is a, a process that I love how NFPA does their process. I don't, I don't care much for the ICC stuff and how they do their stuff, and I think that can be rigged. Um, you could argue maybe the same way for NFPA, but again, to me, being in it for quite a number of years, uh, it's it's about as transparent as you can get. Okay, there is obviously some gaming of the system that can take place, but absolutely nothing like the ICC system. That's just my opinion, okay? So now, anyway, let's move on to B, because B used to say in the 2017 code, it just said type, and that really wasn't true, because type, we were already talking about the type in application now up in A when we say it's a class A and all this stuff. So we really meant type and location, and so for the 2020 edition, The word and location, or the words and location, was added to 422.5b. So it's type and locations. And it says the GFCI shall be readily accessible, listed, and located in one or more of the following locations. And so you've got uh, five items here. Now, these five items uh, did not change from the 2017 edition to the 2020 edition. No change here. Uh, it just gives you some options here. Number one, that GFCI for the appliance can be within the brand circuit overcurrent device. So this is saying it, it's giving me, let's say that dishwasher. Can I put the actual overcurrent protected device and GFCI that are integrated together at the breaker in the panel? Will that supply the protection necessary to meet this rule to the actual appliance? And yes. That's what B1 is saying you can do. Okay. The next option says, well, number two, it says a device or outlet within the supply circuit. Absolutely. Something we've done forever is that we're going to say, well, if we're not going to do it at the print panel, then we're going to put it at the location of the appliance. Now, you got to be careful of the rules and things like that. Again, for for, for example, dishwashers, and you say, well, so I can put it at the dishwasher. Yeah. You can do that, but it can't be directly behind it, okay? It's got to be in a location immediately adjacent. It can't be inside of it, okay? So, again, uh, just be aware of all those rules, all all those type of things you have to meet, okay, when you're applying this, right? So other than that, I have options. Well, the third one is, well, it can be an integral part of an of the attachment plug. And so in many cases, you know, like with vending machines, they might put it in the end. You've seen it built into the end of the attachment plug. So the prongs are coming out of it and it's uh, reset buttons are on it. it. It's built into it. So you have some of these appliances that might build it into the, into the cord, the cord plug. Perfectly allowable up to the manufacturer if this is a cord and plug, kind of like that cord and plug that cord and plug connected high pressure spray washer, perfectly acceptable for them to integrate it into the actual attachment plug if that's so their desire. The next one is is four. that says, okay, well, within the supply cord, not more than 12 inches from the attachment plug. So a lot of the vending machines, for example, if they don't put it in the attachment plug, they'll actually integrate it into the cord. And it has to be uh, within 12 inches from the attachment plug. So it can't be more than 12 inches. So it's got to be in that window of of the 12 inch mark. And that's going to be close enough to the, to the plug and people can, you know, that's where the protection is going to be located. And that's perfectly fine. That's integrated into the supply cord at a specific location. So we have more options and then of course the the last one here, item number five, is that factory installed within the appliance, so the manufacturer and this is what the big argument was about dishwashers and this was all about their end of life is pushing them to have the disconnection of uh, the g f c i within there seem to be by most people their responsibility as a manufacturer if they know there's an end of life and there's an issue, then they need to make it right so again, that is kind of where most people put their argument at. But there's so many other options here that the manufacturers, and it would raise the cost of the appliance if they integrated it into it. And also, maybe cost-wise, it's just much easier to put it at the receptacle if it's a cord and plug connected dishwasher, for example, or put it back at the breaker if it's a hardwired. Those are probably better options. Another thing is, is that if it's in the appliance and something goes bad, then you've got to have an appliance, people come out, and again, it could, you know, cause more issues, whereas it might be just simple, much easier to put it in a receptacle or put it into the panel. Just, you know, logistically might be easier, and of course, but everybody kind of argued that, you know, this is the dishwasher manufacturer's responsibility. They need to pick up the tab for this GFCI requirement. And that's what we heard when it when it came in, you know, the requirement for the dishwasher for the dwelling. Uh, but now it's expanded and it's more than just a dwelling. And, you know, th- that was their gripe. Like, well, why don't those manufacturers, if they know there's an issue, why don't they build it into their product? Let them eat that. Well, none of them are going to eat that. They're going to carry that price over to you and me. You're right. So this just gives up. Op- there's plenty of opportunity here to provide that GFCI protection uh, to these specific appliances. And so we're just giving more options. And of course, once you give options, it's almost a guarantee that the manufacturers are not going to build it into the appliance because they will like, nope, we give you other options. It's going to raise our costs. It's a weak point in our product, in their opinion, maybe, in their mindset. They're not going to do it. But you have options, so we're going to let you utilize those options, and we're not going to change our day-to-day process uh, and then maybe there's some that do integrate it into it, okay? And again, the prerogative of the manufacturer uh, to do that. So anyway, that's kind of a look at 422.5A and B. Some good changes. I think that it, some of these make sense. Look for more to come into 2023, as we kind of talked about earlier. Uh, some of them, I don't know, make total sense. Um, for example, I think they even want to add a... a Something for fish uh, aquarium places, uh, marina aquariums inside, not the aquarium where, you know, like you go to a zoo type thing. No, they're talking about where you have bait fish. And since the nature of how that moves, I just don't know how that would work out. Um, These are usually very portable and you move them around. But anyway, that's getting circulated around. So, again, you're going to see, I'm just giving you a heads up that you're going to see quite a few items I look for this, at least the proposal or the public input for 422.5A to go from seven items up to as much as 10 items, uh, adding all kinds of new specific appliances to this list. And I'm not so sure I agree with all of them, but we'll see how that all hashes out. I'm I'm actually on this code panel, so it'll be very interesting. I'm going in with an open mind and, and seeing what their substantiation is, and um, you know, I'm not one of those big believers that you accept something because of the "what if." In other words like, "Well, you know, we could put a fish bait station with water and bait fish, like like bass fishing, where you go in and get the minnows." You know, I'm like, you know, I don't know. We should common sense prevail versus putting these in there. You know, so anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Again, I understand it that how it's you know submitted and the goal here and I don't know that it's necessarily safety-driven more than it is product-driven, but we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out, see if it feels like it's necessary. I don't believe that we should just, this is going to become an endless list every cycle. The next thing you know, we're going to have 30 different items. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that's kind of what we got. So hopefully you, uh, you learned a little bit about it. This is, again, Article 422 for appliances and Believe it or not, I find that 422, and that's why I love being on 17, not so much for the 680 swimming pools, pretty cut and dry, but I get more interested in the items that we cover in 422. Quite interesting how we are maneuvering through this because this is the area that talks about all different things like electric heating appliances and and, and just so much involved in here that I get, you know, it's kind of an interesting area. Uh, station, you know, storage type water heaters and, and central vac outlets and built-in dishwasher and trash, everything that's used day in and day out, dealing with the cord links and, and, and things like that, it's kind of interesting uh, here as well, so anyway, that's all I've got for today's episode, folks, hopefully you got something out of it, it was an easy listen for you, But that is the difference in the 17 code versus the 2020 code for Article 422, Section 5, GFCI. Now, remember, 210.8A for dwellings, 210.8B for other than dwellings is going to apply all over the code. You do have some additional rules that kick in here for specific appliances. And how we got here is the 210.8D put us here under the 2020 National Electrical Code. So it's a little bit of a bridge from 210.8 up to appliances in 422.5. That's how you get here, okay? For those that are not in the 2017 or the 2020 and back in the 2014 or 2011 or whatever, your mind is already going to be blown because you have not encountered these these migrated changes yet, uh, but you're going to see it. So maybe I just got you into it and now you're going to go to the next cycle uh, and you're going to start engaging in all these changes and you're learning a little bit. That's the that's the beautiful thing about code. That's the beautiful thing about the work we do. We learn something new all the time. So be sure to listen to our podcasts and video streams every Saturday night at 8 p.m. on electricianlive.com. Make sure you visit our YouTube channel and subscribe so that you can be aware of any time I spontaneously pop up and do a video series, or uh, you can listen to all of our shows and podcasts over on that platform. Uh, If you want to just listen to podcasts, we're available on Spotify, Spreaker, Deezer, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. The list is endless. Go over and listen to them. I appreciate your support. Until next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abern.